0: I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Good to have you with us today. And we're gonna we're gonna have a conversation that is is a little little laser focused on some of you guys out there, uh, and it'll it'll really help you. Uh, I have a long time friend. A uh, friend of the ministry, she's done a lot of stuff with us. Named Carolyn Castleberry, and uh, always just kind of admired what she has done over the years. And she has a new book out. Uh, she co-wrote it with another wonderful woman named Shane Moore. The book is called "Women at Halftime," and it has nothing to do with cheerleaders, which was my first thought. <laughs> wrong, wrongly. Um, but we're talking about these seasons of of life and. I mean, I'm in. I'm in the second half. I don't know where you you're at, and I'm I'm enjoying it, and I think my wife is too. But it can be challenging. So we're going to walk through some of those things and hear from Shane and Carolyn, and I invite you to uh, be a part of the conversation. Uh, this one is pre-recorded, but I am watching the chat, so we can we can still do that. Carolyn, how are you doing, man? Great, so good oh, to see you again.
1: Good, it's so good to see you. So uh, good.
0: How how is it for for someone who is still in the the first half of of their uh, <laughs>
1: I'm only fifty-eight years
0: young, by the oh. way. Yeah. Yeah, and you're doing yeah. great. I, you've 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 done a lot, uh, but yet you you still have the energy and the focus, and and I I, I like that. So thank you, thank Sh- you, sir. Shane, how are you? Great to have you.
2: Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: Come on, Zoom. There it is. Okay, good to see you. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to open it up because I've made the mistake of being a man talking for women and it just doesn't go well. So in your words, what are you talking about here?
1: Oh, this is such a big topic, Randy. Um, You know, I mean, women get to this place in life and it's known as midlife and it could be a job that's ending. It could be um, children who've flown the nest. It could be some major traumatic life event has happened, or it could just be sort of this holy discontent that God has more but there's absolutely no information. We found just this dearth of research or information on what to do to navigate this you know, season of life. And Randy, I met you back when I was a journalist, yeah. back at an ABC Family program. And my transition of life for about 10 years, 10, 15 years, I began coaching women just um, for fun. I never, in a million years, dreamed that I would be doing this sort of full-time, full-time ministry. Um, Absolutely love it, and found that women have really unique challenges Mm. at this season of life. Mm. So Shane, my friend, is a a former client, and Uh she and I walked this journey together, and it's it's not for the faint of heart, (laughs) but on the other side of it, you know, you just find joy, peace, and purpose that God has always had for you right there. um, A lot of women just don't know how to grasp it.
0: Interesting. Shane, what were some of the things you were struggling with that, that Carolyn helped walk you through that you write about now?
2: Yeah, that's, that's the story is Carolyn was my coach. I hit my halftime. Um, I had been a, a hybrid mom I mean, we write a book that really could be for a full-time corporate woman or for a stay-at-home mom. And I was that like hybrid mom where I had worked outside the home and inside the home, but yet my kids were empty nesting. And I just found that I, I couldn't like give my ministry away. I couldn't, nobody knew what to do with me. No one knew how to hire a 50 year old housewife. No, I couldn't get past any HR. And but more importantly, I felt like God had also kind of was done with me as well. And so that was a real I came to Carolyn very uh, disillusioned very discouraged truly thinking like i'm the my best years are behind me Mm. and so i went through the process with carolyn and um and that we unpack some of my personal stories in the book that i think other women at this stage will relate to just feeling completely left behind at midlife
0: were either of you because my concern um you know had been my wife had dedicated her most of her adult life to raising our four children. You know, she worked. Uh, she graduated college. She had a degree. She had teacher certification. She worked right up until, I think, about seven, maybe eight months with our fir- pregnant with our first one. After that, she was full-time at home. And I say full-time. I'm the one that would leave work and be off work. She never left work. So I, that's a lot. That's way, you know, her life was that. And I was concerned that once the children were all out of the house, she might experience some of that, and thank God she hasn't. But is, did either one of you go through some of, some of that giving yourself to raising kids so much that when the kids are gone, what do you do?
1: Yeah, you know, we both went through that. Did you? And um, the book is written for moms. It's written for corporate uh, women as well as women who've never had children. So we really hit all aspects mm-hmm. of life. Both Shane and I are moms. And I can tell you that when my youngest went off to college, Randy, I think I went through a depression. Mm. That's when it started to hit for me that, oh gosh, you know. uh, Like Shane, I was a hybrid mom. I had left journalism in order to be there, to Mm. raise the kids. I knew that this was the one thing in life that I could not miss, you know. And so when that season was ending, it was kind of like, who am I now? Mm. You know, where do I matter? And is God finished with me? Mm -hmm. As we started going and, um, you know, talking to women about this, one of the things we hear a lot is that, wow, we hit 50. One woman said, you hit 50 and you feel like you're being put out to pasture Mm -hmm. and you kind of feel like your best years are behind you. And we're here to tell you, no, not at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got another entire life to live. And um, it's really exciting that God's gone before you. He already knows the path. And it's our job to walk in that, to discover what he has for
0: us. What are, what are all the reasons that kind of contribute to that? I, I, I can speculate. I've, you guys touch, have touched on some of them. Obviously, when the children are gone, that, that full-time motherhood is gone. But also, the, is, is the world not nice to you corporately? Are there some body issues that rise? What are all the, what are all the issues that really contribute to that sense of being done?
1: Shane, you can probably speak to that.
2: Yeah, I mean, you definitely hit on many of them. I think a lot of women um, really lose their sense of identity at midlife. Mm. And we we talk about specifically what a halftime is. And it really is a time to pause, to be like, who was I in the first half of my life? What were the activities? What were the people? What brought me meaning? What brought me joy? And for a lot of women, the, it's not the same. They're completely different people by the time they're in their 50s. Or, you know, your halftime might happen in your 40s. It might happen in your 60s. I mean, whatever. It's 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 that time of life where suddenly you're rote. You're doing the same things over and over again. Or a marriage isn't there that used to be there. A job isn't there that used to be there. Your kids aren't there. It's so a, a huge loss, whether it's divorce, death, change, a move. And the, the church... And society really doesn't have resources to come alongside women and say, you know, you spent the first half of your life going to college, vocational school. We totally trained you. Go, go get them. Okay, your kids are gone. And for the first time in the last hundred years, women's life expectancy used to be 49. So they didn't live entire lifetimes past childbearing. And so we don't have this wealth of resources saying, all right, it is time to pause at your halftime. Look at what identified you, what brought you meaning, what was your identity was wrapped up in. And it might be the same, but it might be totally different. And instead of being discouraged like I was or totally self-defeated or personally, I was full of so much self-pity. I was just so pathetic. You know, to Carolyn's point, just stop stop the self-pity, stop complaining to your family. You know, if you have toxic friendships, bye. And like, go through this process of God is not done with you. He has in, an Ephesians two ten calling on your life, no matter what age you are.
0: So the, the big question, what does God have for women in the second half?
1: Oh my goodness, that's the huge promise and the principle of the book, my friend, and that's (laughs) Ephesians 2.10. You know, that God already knows the way, that you are His workmanship, right? And that He's already prepared works for you in advance that you would walk with them. And so what's so amazing about this process and this book is that you don't have to look like the woman in the pew next to you. And I think that's one of the traps. We, we talk about some of the traps that women experience um, with other women. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, comparison. Uh, she has a great ministry over here, so, boy, I, I better be just like her. Or, you know, I'm failing because I'm not doing what this person is doing. We get really, really specific on how God has uniquely wired you. Mm-hmm. You are His workmanship. You're His creation. And you're unique. You know, you're not supposed to be the person who's in that next pew or, the, you know, even the person that you used to be in the first half. We become and we mature into who God wants us to be. So that is the mystery and the discovery and the fun of this journey. It's so neat to see. We um, we go through the whole process of, you know, getting clear, getting free, getting called, which is Ephesians Mm 2.10, and then getting going. And, Randy, when you start to see women come together, um, women from all different walks of life, those corporate women, the moms, the non-moms, you know, whoever, linking hands and saying, okay, we're going to walk this journey together based on what calling God has given us, what passions he's fueled in us. It's amazing to see what happens. This is when magic
0: happens. A lot of what you're saying sounds like you're you're setting you're setting it up for women who are in ministry, but I know that you don't restrict yourself just to say, hey, once you're past your halftime, second half, you got to go into ministry. That's you know, that's all you can do. At the same time, I recognize that you can minister wherever you're at, but I mean, I'm, right. there are opportunities for women in every area, correct? 100%.
2: Shane, you want to take that one? Yeah, we, we definitely take women through this process, whatever whoever you are i mean god uniquely made you to love the things you love so you might love cooking you might like hospitality you might love golfing i mean all of those dreams and those things that god put in you like yes love them make them a part of your second half calling and and we have every chapter has, we feature a woman who has gone through the process Mm -hmm. and then we also have the specific activities for women to really like look at at, and and to unearth their own, you know, desires. And so we have one whole chapter that says, find the things that spark your joy. And we have all these ideas of how you find those sparks of joy. And those are all clues to what, where you can find your joy and purpose in your second half. And for some, sure, it might be like, I'm doing it. I'm full sending. I'm going to be a global missionary. For others, it might be like, you know what? I'm going to open my home twice a week and I'm going to have dinner parties and I'm going to love the people in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really, that's why Carolyn keeps saying it's fun, but I'm going to tell you, having been the the the, the, the coachee or whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say it's hard work. If you actually go through this book and all of the different chapters and all the activities, you do have to be really, really honest. Uh, it won't work if you're not really honest with who you are today what you think about god what you think about the world and mm. um, and and we we do come back to do the things that bring you joy but the as a person of faith as a christian the ultimate thing though is that you are loving god and serving others you know and so we even have women write a mission statement at the end yeah. but all of that kind of encapsulates like who are you today and how are you going to go out living out what god has for you loving him and serving others
1: yeah and randy we help women too we um we give women tools to be able to really press into this process we call them essential practices you know to pray act and adjust so this book is meant to be used and um tried and actually you know put into action so as shane said you know this is something where there's a story, but there's also some work for you to do. And Tyndale has really simplified it. We have a free downloadable guide, uh, womenathalftime.org. Women can just download that thing. Um, It's free and start a group in your church and start talking about these things. I was talking to my pastor, you know, I was telling him everything that we were doing. And I said, there's really not a lot for women at halftime, women at midlife in the church. And he kind of, you know, did a double take. And he said, you're right. (laughs) You know, we have mops, we have student ministries, we have all sorts of things, but women at midlife, it's a huge, huge group. Um, There's nothing.
2: And it's a huge group that is um, statistically has a very high rate of depression. So within the churches, you have women that are, happily maybe still working in the nursery or doing the same things they did when their children were young. But on the inside, they, they're struggling. And so our hope is that this book is like, all right, it's time to come out, c- come out of the dark into the light. Let's, let's take this on together. All
0: right. all right. Here's the book. It's women at halftime. And Carolyn, you said women at halftime.org. That was the yes, website. Yes, women
1: at halftime.org and you can get that free downloadable study.
0: All right. So go check that out uh, and you can get some good ideas. Um, I'm guessing that it's a little different for women at halftime than men at halftime. I mean, men do oftentimes stupid things. Um, <laughs> but women what, are, do too. what are some of the challenges that may be a l- more unique to women?
1: Yeah, you know, there, there are unique challenges. We um, The Halftime Institute, which is, by the way, in Dallas, had the tagline of success to significance, mm-hmm. right? So, a lot of women or a lot of men um, begin their journey of wanting to do really well in business, you know, may possibly make a lot of money. And then the second half is finding significance. Well, women we found really blanched at that whole thing because a lot of the things they did in the first half, like raising kids, like um, caring for elderly parents, um, giving to ministry, or just working a great corporate career, we have you know, fabulous corporate women who contributed to this, it's just gone. And that sense of identity, we begin with that, Mm. Randy, the who am I now without that? Or who am I now without my kids? You know, I was her mother, I still am, Mm. but it's different. You know, when you're raising adult children, Mm -hmm. it's completely different. So yes, those are some of the things relational seems to matter. And a huge factor too, that we found, with halftime, a lot of this information came from the women in halftime is that women have problems dreaming in Hmm. the second half. We call it turning your dreamer back on. We've turned our dreamers off, many of us, to let other people dream, to empower their dreams. It's about helping our kids, helping, um, you know, our husbands or significant others, whatever. And suddenly we get to this point and it's like, really? I get to dream again. I have no idea, and I have no idea how to do that, right, Shane? Absolutely. That,
2: that's one of the first things Carolyn asked me: is if your life could look any way you want it to look like, what is your dream life? Mm-hmm. And I tell the story in the book. Like I just, I'm. It made me mad. I literally, <laughs> I it made me. Sa- I cried. It made me mad. I throw my computer because I'm like what do you, who's asking me to dream? I can't dream. I'm a stay at home mom. I can't just up and move. Like I, I, you know, I don't have that kind of autonomy. I mean, I had all these, and we, we hit this in the book. I had a lot of limiting beliefs Mm. about what I could do with my life. And so we, you, we just have to get past the lies that are told to us. We have to get past our limiting beliefs and dream again, dream. Mm. We, you can do anything. You know, that, you know, it's so, it's once you get
1: past it, it is a fun process. Yeah, you know. And Randy, Um, I just want to say too that um, Halftime is a fabulous book by Bob Buford. Um, Some things that we've added to, including forgiveness. I have worked with women where um, they've been stuck and they're stuck in unforgiveness. And that's the thing that will keep you right where you are bitter, angry, disappointed, where I'll stop the process. And say, you know, maybe you need to work on the past, work on digging those things up, and really, really forgiving, maybe for the first time ever, in order to free yourself to walk in your God-given calling.
0: And that's, that's interesting. That ties in. That broadens the question I was going to ask next. Which, so in, for in a you know in a football game or something, halftime is that time where they go into the, the locker room. They may they may heal a little bit, you know. Pa- uh, not patch up something, that's a bit much, but they may, you know, re-wrap that ankle or something. But they also re-strategize. Uh, okay. They catch their breath. Is it—is it fair to say that when you're moving from one season to another, uh, like in our case, the kids are finally all out of the house, that you, you have a season of rest and re-strategize and not just get thrown back on the field immediately?
1: you've got it you nailed it absolutely that's what halftime is Mm. it's like going into the locker room with shane and we get to sit and rest for a minute and re-strategize and look at who is shane now what are her values what are her passions randy over the years since i've known you i've um, become a gallup strengths coach and emotional intelligence practitioner so we dive really deep into feelings, values. What are your strengths? What are those things that make you really unique? And it's a pause before you go out and just go do something else because you can go do anything. Right. You can be as busy as you want. Right. Um, let's pause for a minute.
2: Yeah, and I was going to add, I think that is one of the challenges of women at halftime who have been very busy with kids or very busy with school activities or ministries or career is they fill that void of feeling um discontented with just whatever and and, mm-hmm. and um and the, the book we really encourage women that's not that's not your, that's not your calling your calling isn't just to stay busy and i think that's the challenge that women have your calling is who you are today in christ and le- really living into that and it it, I mean, I co- I did my coaching with Carolyn, it was like a year long. I mean, our book, we have it divided up into chapters that women can go through this with a group or, you know, with a spiritual director, with a mentor, and take the time, take that luxurious time before you take on another ministry or another job, you know, if you're, if you are able, and really get to know yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Let me ask ask you this, and I, I, I don't know if you deal with this in the book, but, I know that we have a bit in American culture in a lot of churches uh, the idea that ministry has to has to look a certain way. You know, <laughs> it's like if, if you say to a woman now in the second half of life, you're going to go into ministry. They picture, you know, Joyce Meyer on television or somebody, you know, Sheila Walsh on, on stage going around and speaking to women's groups or whatever oh. for the rest of their lives. And to, that's just not. That's not the full spectrum of ministry. You mentioned, one of you mentioned, hosting dinner parties. And I think we underestimate and devalue the power of doing something right in your own neighborhood to reach your neighbor for Christ, to love them as Christ loved us. And it could be in your neighborhood. It can be in your local church. It could be in the school. Uh, There are... An abundance of ministry opportunities that don't come with the 501c3 you know uh, they don't come with the title of ministry director it may be you know soccer coordinator or something like that but you're actually making an impact do you find that some women thrive in a place where they're actually ministering but it's not called a ministry
1: yes Yes, Randy, (laughs) you you get it. You (laughs) totally get it. We actually have a chapter. um, And her name is Camille Jones. You know, all these women share their stories with permission. And she felt like she was going to fail halftime. She went to the Halftime Institute. And she thought, boy, you know, I'm never going to be a missionary. Um, This person's sending Bibles here and there. And I don't feel called to do that. I was just basically packing lunch boxes and sending them with the kids before they left. Well, she went through a huge process, sort of an arduous process, and found that her ministry was right there in her backyard. Mm -hmm. You know, to be able to help her neighbors, um, to be able to give back right where she was. Education is a huge uh, passion for her. So to be able to give back there, human trafficking in her area, she gives there. And so to be able to really uniquely look around at your own backyard, and say, where has God placed me where I can make a difference? And it could be right where you are. It could be right, you know, within your own neighborhood. Yep. There are people who need you right there.
0: Yep. Yep. That's good. Okay. Last last question for you, although I'll give you the last word. What do men like me need to know to help the women in their lives, especially a spouse, but any, any woman that we're close to in, in a godly way, uh, What do we need to know to help women become everything God wants them to be?
2: (laughs) Oh. Yeah, we we had a section to the husbands, but it didn't make it make it through editorial. Edited out. (laughs) Really? No. You know, I I think that a lot of women keep this inside. Because their husbands have worked so, like I'll speak for myself. My husband is in finance. He's worked so hard. He still works so hard. He's a chronic entrepreneur, and you keep it inside because you don't want to sound like you're complaining. And and you people are like, what do you have to complain about? Like you have a great life. Like what in the world? And so I think. I think um, husbands can come alongside a woman, their wives or a woman in their life who's at their halftime and and give them the freedom to explore, give them the freedom to have discontent that there might be there is something more for them and support them support we have these things um where you can go kind of just try things out before you commit to something a, a husband should instead of being like you're not don't do that or that's a waste of time or you're above that or you're beneath that or whatever like shush <laughs> just let her go figure it out between her and god and pray together and support the process because it works yeah and you know
1: i would just add to that um we we want to take this book for ourselves, we want to take it for the women in our lives. I would encourage men to read this. That's We're great. having all of the halftime coaches who are primarily men, you know, read this as well so that they have a greater understanding of what women are actually saying at this uh, stage of life. So, it would it's quite enlightening, I think, for men too.
0: You know, Carolyn, it doesn't take a lot to enlighten a man these days. <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm> just saying, <laughs> <laughs> so we will take whatever we can get. But no, seriously, right. you know, look, um, the, the the game is won in the second half. I don't know if you know that. Yes. Uh, there's a Super Bowl yes. a while back. You like that? Okay. There was yeah. a Super Bowl a while back that you could just at halftime. Everybody's like, this "Is the most boring Super Bowl ever?" And the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons. So if you sports guys know that, that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. So it doesn't matter if if the first half didn't work out like you wanted. The the second half is a huge promise and opportunity. Anyway, is there anything you guys uh, that I need to know or people need to know about the website?
2: Yeah, there is the women at halftime dot org where we do have a free downloadable reading guide. And also, if you are in the Dallas area, um, the Halftime Institute is actually going to start some women at halftime groups. Um, there at the offices that I'll be there facilitating. Carolyn might pop in if she can. And so, I mean, we, we really do encourage women that this works the best in community, as, as with most women, that we, we thrive in community. Yep. We
1: really do. And we offer coaching, too, with Halftime. Um, you can do this with your pastors, your spiritual director, as Shane mentioned, friends. grab Grab a group of women and do this together. You know, it's really important to be able to have someone who's a safe person in your life to be able to process out your confusion and your ideas who is not judgmental. Mm,
0: Good, good. Great, I appreciate both of you. You guys are really good at at laying this out and I think giving people some hope and encouragement. And now you have practical steps in the book. People wanna follow up on that. So thank you both, Carolyn and Shane.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Appreciate you guys out there watching, being a part of this. If you know a woman who's at halftime or you are a woman at halftime, Point them towards Lisa's this interview. Get them started to think about some good things. And as always, come back. He's We've got more for you right here on Life Today Live. I'll see you again die. next time.
1: He has given us the will to choose to come. To, come, to come, choose to bend, choose our us, neck, us, bend our neck. To choose to bend our neck. And to choose to learn. It is always possible to be the will of God. Nobody and prevent you from doing the will of God.